It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 809 of Locked On Raptors for b- 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 Thursday, October the 22nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out all of the offerings in the Locked On Podcast Network. For the baseball fans in the world, we got the Rays and Dodgers shows, as well as Locked On MLB. If you're an NFL fan, it's Crossover Thursday on the network. So all of the games being teed up with a crossover episode from the hosts involved in each game. Please make sure you're checking those out if there's a team involved that you are interested in. And subscribe to, rate, and review all the shows in the network that you would like to subscribe. It is very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that. All right, on today's show, uh, this was supposed to be a mailbag episode originally with Vivek and Katie. That's going to come out on Friday now because there is some news to talk about. A report yesterday from Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports uh, suggesting that Louisville might be the place the Toronto Raptors play their games in the 2020-2021 season. We're going to dive all into that today, all the different angles of that report and the potential of it, why I think it's probably unlikely that it ends up happening, but the reasons behind it and all that stuff. We'll also dive into some alternate sites that I think would make a lot more sense and hopefully cooler heads prevail and they are the ones that are chosen. And then I kind of want to dive at the end of the show into the elephant in the room with this whole situation with the Raptors this year, and that has to do with free agency. You know, this is an unprecedented time, yada, 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 we know all that, and that goes for front offices as well, and goes for a league that has one Canadian team. This is not like the NHL, where, you know, a quarter of the league is in Canada, so there's a little bit more you can do in terms of concessions. There's talk of, you know, an all-Canadian division, for example, in the NHL. The Raptors are in kind of a tough spot here, and I think that might also extend out to free agency as well. We saw with the Blue Jays some comments from one of their starting pitchers, Matt Shoemaker, who's a free agent, suggesting that because the Blue Jays, who of course played their games in Buffalo this year because they could not travel over the border due to the COVID restrictions in Canada, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, they might struggle to sign free agents this offseason because of the uncertainty of where they're playing. Matt Shoemaker said this himself, a guy who's played in Toronto for two years and is going into free agency. 
that is concerning if you're a Blue, Jay, Blue Jays fan, and I think it could also apply to the Raptors, and we'll dive into that and sort of what the ramifications might be, particularly when it comes to uh, the many free agents the Raptors have to figure out their, the, this offseason with Fred Van Vliet, Serge Baca, Marcus Saul apparently still not signed or going to Spain or whatever the deal is there. We'll dive into all of that and address that at the end of the show. But first, let's get to the meat of the report. Vincent Goodwill reporting that uh, among the many different topics that the NBA is set to dive into on many, many calls of importance. The place in which the Raptors will play next season is one of the things. Uh, Obviously, mentioned the COVID-19 restrictions. There's still a 14-day quarantine for travelers coming from the States into Canada on essential purposes or whatever, Um, and the border is closed to general traffic, of course, as well, because America is melting down and seems to just be okay with that. And... I don't see the border opening up anytime soon here, even if MLK Day, July or January 18th is the day that the season begins, there still will not be a new president in office, assuming Joe Biden wins, which I guess you can't assume anything right now, assuming Joe Biden wins and Trump is gone and the government actually you know, has some structure, that's not even going to be until January 20th, and so there's just going to be a long lag time here to get anything under control, it would seem, in the States, and I don't envision the next four months having anything in terms of growth or positive strides, barring some vaccine coming out. So I think the situation we're in today and that the Blue Jays were in this offseason is going to remain the same situation for the Raptors when the season eventually begins, which means they're probably looking for a new place to play uh, in the States so they don't have to do that overboard of travel. Obviously, things could happen. There could be rapid testing that's figured out that maybe changes the equation for the Canadian government. But let's just assume right now that the Raptors are going to have to play somewhere other than Scotiabank Arena next season, which sucks. It's a bummer for everyone involved. The reasons why Louisville is being put up as a potential location per Vincent Goodwill. One is that KFC Yum Center, the the arena they might play in where the Louisville Cardinals play. Um, which KFC Yum Center, fantastic name for an arena. Get as weird and stupid with your names as possible, please. Um, that is an NBA-ready arena. That's reason number one. You know, you have the camera angles, you have the capacity. I don't really know why that should matter all that much right now. I don't think you're getting full NBA crowds in any arena, let alone Kentucky, which right now I believe has one case for every 48 people in the state. They have a population of 4.2 or 4.4 million and 93,000 total confirmed cases, and they're surging right now. If you look at the data, you know, that's about 50% of the cases that Canada's had or like 45% of the cases that Canada's had, and Canada has a population of like, I don't know, eight times that. So yeah, it's not great in Kentucky right now. I don't think you're going to be having full capacity in those games. And, you know, the argument might be, oh, but you need the NBA-ready camera angles and stuff like that. Disney didn't have NBA-ready camera angles. They made it work. Even in baseball, you know, Buffalo's Salem Field, where the Blue Jays ended up playing, did not have MLB-ready lighting or camera angles, and they figured that out as well. So I don't really buy the whole NBA-ready arena thing. The other thing, too, is that I guess for scheduling purposes, if you're putting the Raptors in an arena where another NBA team already plays, that could be difficult in a season that's already going to be tricky to schedule. And so putting them in an arena where there is no team might make some you know, semblance of sense just for convenience sake. That's, again, kind of a wishy-washy, not very good reasoning. The real reason that Louisville is being considered here is that it's a potential location for expansion. And I don't think this is a secret. After Seattle, Louisville seems to be near the top of the list. They've been talked about for a long time. 
as a potential NBA market. Why? I'm not entirely sure. I guess there's a good basketball culture there, but it also feels very much like a college town where the Cardinals will always be king. That's not for me to say. I don't understand the demographics of Kentucky the way that the people who are paid to understand the demographics of Kentucky would. But it's very clear that this is a place that potentially, like Oklahoma City, when they housed the Hornets after Hurricane Katrina, obviously a different situation, but, you know, this seems like a bit of a test balloon situation. And my thing is, a pandemic is not a time for a test balloon. It is not a time for focus grouping a city in which a team should play. When things are this dire and this unorthodox and this totally out of whack, I would hope that they would try, the NBA that is, try to make things as like normal for the NBA players involved as possible, as normal for the members of the families of the Toronto Raptors as possible. And obviously it might not be possible for them to actually play in the city in which they live during during their work year, but there are ways to make it less of a wrench thrown in the lives of all these guys than to send them down to the south to play in Louisville, a city that they've never been in before, barring a couple guys who have maybe played for Kentucky or against Kentucky or Louisville or whatever it is. And it just, it really feels like a really poorly timed and not very well like shrouded way to test a potential place for expansion and thus money making. And so I don't really enjoy that i think that's a dumb thing to be focused on right now i think convenience and setting the players up in the best way possible should be number one as opposed to sending sending them to a city that you think might be good for expansion one day even if all of the other factors say this makes very little sense so yeah i i don't think this is going to end up taking place i don't know if the raptors would even be down for it i mean think of these guys being asked to go live in louisville for a year Louisville is fine, I'm sure. I mean, they've been a nightmare ever since uh, the Breonna Taylor murder and the lack of action taken by the government and the police departments there to hold anybody accountable. I wonder if that would be sort of a hang-up for uh, for players. You know, the Raptors have been very outspoken about the Breonna Taylor situation. I wonder if that would play into their making the, the decision of whether or not they even want to play there. You know, does this city deserve to have NBA basketball come to them? Like, I, I don't know. That's something to consider. I think just the mere fact of putting them in this totally out-of-nowhere city that is not tied at all to the division they play in or the conference they play in is nowhere close to Toronto if their families have to remain back there, nowhere close to where any of these guys actually live in the off-season if their families are there. I just think it's a very, very uh, misguided idea to go to Louisville. But again, Vincent Goodwill lays out the reasons. Still very, very far off. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen. In just a second, we're going to dive into some of the places I hope the Raptors do end up playing if they are forced to play in the United States. It seems pretty simple to me. It's not doesn't have to be rocket science to get them into a place that makes a lot more sense than Louisville, Kentucky, of all places. But first, I want to tell you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is awesome. They are a place that can save you a ton of money. If you don't know a ton about cars, you are prone to being fleeced by mechanics charging you top dollar for parts that you don't need to be paying, then Rock Auto is the place for you. And I know this because I am one of those dummies who gets fleeced by mechanics all the time. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate as well. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. 
Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I think I've established that Louisville makes little sense as a place to play. It just it seems like too obvious a test balloon for expansion and kind of ghoulish, and I don't like it at all. As it's just like a, thinking about what the players might want or would be more amenable to. This does not seem like it'd be high on the list. That said, there are some options for whether Raptors could play that you know would make a lot more sense. You know, obviously, if rapid testing and you know things get better between now and January, maybe there's an opportunity for them to play in Toronto. Obviously. You know, it's not like Canada's doing super well right now either. Alberta's popping off. Ontario and Quebec are popping off in terms of cases. So it's not exactly safe to be playing with crowds or anything like that in Toronto either. And so I totally understand if it's necessary that they just have to play in the States somewhere. Again, Louisville makes little sense for a lot of different reasons. I think the real answer here, and it does not have to be that complex, is just put them in New York. Put them where there are two arenas that they could schedule games in between when the Knicks or the Nets are not in town. Put them in a place where they would actually probably like to live for six months if that's what they're forced to do. New York is nice. New York has has you know things to do with your life and your family. If you have to spend six months away from home playing basketball as a team without a home... New York is probably a pretty decent place to do it and be amenable to the players that are actually on the team who are the people who are going to be most affected by where you end up playing. Also, just for scheduling purposes and like proximity to the teams in the Raptors division, Philly is like an hour and a half drive to the southwest. Uh, you got the Nets and, and Knicks who are literally in the same arenas that the Raptors would potentially be playing in. And then the Celtics are like an hour and a half, two hour drive north. Like it's not far and it's a very easy sort of cluster if you're doing a regional bubble or something like that for example that's very easy if the schedule is going to be leaning heavily towards conference play to limit travel that is easy and you avoid the thing as well because it would be in the same geographic region as your divisional opponents you avoid the thing that happened with the blue jays when they tried to play in pittsburgh and that was shut down because Pittsburgh was not even in their sort of silo of teams they were playing within. They were playing within the East Divisions, Pittsburgh's in the Central, and putting a team from the East in a Central stadium could have potentially brought any sort of outbreaks from the East to the Central, and then you're totally ruining your whole concept of regional play. That wouldn't happen, obviously, because the Raptors are in the division with the New York teams, and it just seems to make a lot of sense. You have, of course, you know, everyone has their own home home bases or whatever. Kyle's in Philly, so that'd be a little bit easier for Kyle, I'm sure, to be closer to his family, whatever it might be. A lot of these guys are not based in, in New York or Philly or, or that region, obviously. There are guys based out west. I just don't see the west coast being a place where these guys are going to go. 
So New York seems like the next sexiest place if you're not going to be actually in Toronto or LA or Vegas if you're Norm Powell. Like it just, it seems like a pretty good hub. Those are easy reasons. That's really the only reasons is proximity and convenience for the players and like a level of living for the players that and they're not stuck in Louisville, Kentucky for six straight months, a place that, um, you know, maybe sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Louisville. I've driven through Kentucky before. It seems pretty boring. I don't know that that's just my very, very quick observations driving through the highway of Louisville. It's certainly not New York City. And again, if you're going to be asking these guys to play away from the place where they typically live. Some of these guys are based in Toronto year-round. Why not put them in something that's at least close to the next best thing, or in some in some opinions, probably better than Toronto? Like, just have them do that. It doesn't seem hard to me. It doesn't seem like you need to have this Louisville thing as like, a, oh, this is like, it kind of is gross to me. There's a guy, I think Junior Bridgman's the name of the businessman who has kind of approached the NBA about hosting the Raptors in Louisville. And... You know, it's kind of ghoulish to be taking the pandemic and these guys' lives on the Raptors who are about to be thrown for a loop and they might be playing away from home for six months after just playing away from home for two and a half months. You know, it, it just it seems pretty ghoulish to hop in as a businessman and just be like, okay, well, they can play here. I get there are probably good, well-meaning intentions somewhere buried in there, wanting to give these guys a consistent home for a year. But guess what? There are other places that can give these guys a consistent home for the year that don't have like the nefarious intentions of industry behind them. And I, I just, I'm very, very thrown off and a little bit grossed out by the insistence that Louisville is a place where they should go. And again, it's very, very early. I'm, I'm, it's way too ahead of, you know, anything to be making any sort of proclamations or anything like that. I would imagine that this is one of many, many locations that will be thrown out. The same that happened with the Blue Jays. There were a ton of different options that were thrown out there, whether it was Florida, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, um, you know, Syracuse. There were a bunch of different locations that were tossed around. So this is probably the first of many uh, podcasts about locations that make no sense for the Raptors to play. This just hopefully is the most egregiously stupid sounding one. Um, and also, you know, cre credit to the NBA. They're actually talking about this now, which was not the case with Major League Baseball. The Blue Jays dragged their heels. Major League Baseball spent four months trying to steal money from their players. And then when they realized, oh, we're going to play a 60 game season, they had no plan for the Blue Jays. They hadn't done any planning over that four month time. And it's nice to see the NBA actually putting in contingencies. And, the you know, the Raptors players will likely know well ahead of time what their playing year is going to look like, whereas the Blue Jays were basically thrown for a loop, thought they were going to be playing in Toronto until the last week of the preseason, and then were told, oh no, you're you're playing in Pittsburgh now? Oh no, you're actually playing in Buffalo. So hopefully the Raptors aren't going to come across that, and that is a good thing of places like Louisville being thrown out right now. It's just, it's for a lot of reasons, again, it just is a very, very stupid idea to put them in Louisville when they're just way easier and less like openly capitalistic places you could put them to make their lives better quality and easier in a year that is not going to be easy for them whatsoever. And on that note, on the lack of ease for these players as they are getting ready for this 2021 or 2020-2021 season where they have no idea where they're going to be playing... I want to get in on the other side of the break to the question of free agency and how this you know, uncertainty about where the Raptors might play may affect their free agency plans this offseason. 
you have to talk about it. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be a topic of conversation that comes up, I'm sure. So we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which by now, you know, I love Built Bar. They're delicious. It's the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. Probably the best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six brand new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And among those original flavors, you've got some faves of mine like banana bread and, of course, toffee almond, which I will never stop extolling the virtues of. It rules. And their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person as well. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets as well the new flavors uh, for example you've got the cherry barcia and the cookies and cream they've got 17 grams of protein each 130 calories only for each as well as just four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs in both of those new flavors highly recommend you check those bad boys out and right now if you go to builtbar.com you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on to get 20 percent off your next order that's the promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, before I dive into the free agency question for the Raptors, just a reminder that Friday's podcast, myself, Vivek, Katie, are going to do a mailbag. So please send those questions in on Twitter, at WoodleySean, at LockedOnRaptors, at Whatevs, at Vivek M. Jacobs. Send them on in to us, and we will answer them on Friday's podcast. We're actually recording that on Thursday, so get your questions in stat. All right, let's get into the elephant in the room with this Raptors situation, and that is free agency. It's tricky. It is really, really tricky. It. I can't imagine if I was a guy looking to sign a one-year contract somewhere, and you know maybe the Raptors even offer more money or whatever it is. Maybe it's an even situation. You know, comparable offers from two different teams. I think if I'm a free agent, I'm probably taking the deal with the team that knows where they'll be playing in the 2020-2021 season instead of signing up for a season as a drifter. Uh, You know, again, if they can lock down a good location for the Raptors to play, if they are in New York or whatever it might be, then that would be great. It'd be fantastic and really take away some of the concern. But if it's Louisville or if it's undetermined or if it's, you know, even New York and it's just you're not it's not where you're going to be for your, your entire time. If you sign a multi-year deal, you have to consider, you know, the, the, the hassle of moving your family to one place and then potentially moving them to Toronto, whatever it might be. I think it really could affect the Raptors' chances of landing free agents this offseason. Obviously, there's not a huge sort of fish out there that they're likely to go and snag. There aren't many on the market, and two of the big ones are Raptors players themselves, which we'll get to in a sec. But, you know, if you're a Harry Giles, who we've talked about a bit, or anyone who the Raptors are looking for as like a post-type guy to come in, maybe try to extract some value from, yes, the Raptors offer a long history of turning guys into very good players, but... They can't offer the stability of actually knowing which cities you'll be playing in this year. And that, to me, if I would just imagine myself as a dude who played basketball and could dunk, which, boy, that would be nice. If I'm looking at that, and again, I have comparable offers from a couple teams, I'm just not probably going to lean to the team that 
is unsure of where they're actually going to be situated for the year to come. When it comes to Fred Van Vliet and Serge Ibaka, this one I'm a little bit less sure on. Obviously, you know, I think I'm a little bit less concerned that it would have an effect on Fred Van Vliet because, you know, presumably Fred's getting more than one year, for first of all. If he's getting a four-year deal from the Raptors or five-year deal, I guess you could get from the Raptors as well because they have his bird rights. Um, that might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, if he's getting a long-term deal from the Raptors, then, you know, he could sort of look past this one sort of weird year and say, okay, well, I know what Toronto is. I've been there. I know what it's going to look like eventually when this is all over, and I can very happily just sign up with the Raptors, deal with this strange upheaval year, and hopefully by 2021, 22, things are totally normal again. We're playing back at Scotiabank Arena. Maybe even by midway through this season, the Raptors are able to go back to Toronto. Who knows? Vaccines, we have no idea what the development on the vaccine stuff is. So that's that's one thing with Fred is if it's a longer than a one-year deal, it might be a little bit easier to convince him that the disturbance of this year is worth going through, especially considering the Raptors are quite good, have big amb- ambitions for 2021's offseason, when hopefully things are a little bit more st- steady and it's a little bit more predictable. And I, I think you can sell Fred Van Vliet on six months of upheaval and then many, many years of knowing exactly where you are. When it comes to Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka, I think Gasol, it's pretty clear, is probably the most likely not to be back. Again, he should just go to Spain if it hasn't already been confirmed. Just like go live in Spain and eat eat uh, grapes and play basketball for your hometown squad and just do that thing, Mark. Because being in North America seems kind of shitty right now. When it comes to Serge Ibaka, this is an interesting one because we know Serge Ibaka loves Toronto. But I do wonder if a big part of Serge Ibaka's love of playing for the Raptors is the fact that he's actually in Toronto, which... He might not get the chance to do this year if they are stuck in Louisville or New York or Chicago or uh, Syracuse or Albany or Rochester or wherever the hell they end up playing. That is not Toronto, and that I I don't know how that's going to play with Serge Ibaka. I don't want to speak for him or anything like that or get into his head, but just like inferring his well-professed love for the city of Toronto— if he doesn't have the option of actually playing there on what is probably a one-year balloon deal that he's going to get from the Raptors anyway, that's not going to have long-term uh, years attached to it, then maybe he just says, well, I can't be in Toronto anyway. I'll just cut my losses and go sign somewhere else. That said, I don't know if any team is going to be able to offer the same sort of one-year balloon deal that Raptors can. They have the flexibility to do it. They have the incentive to do it. And maybe that is all it takes, and the big money will be worth the upheaval and the uncertainty of where you're playing. And maybe New York is going to take kindly to Serge Ibaka if they play there. And he can be, uh, you know, he can do How Hungry Are You does New York or something like that. Uh, or or that class does New York and do Fashion Week and stuff like that. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I, I just... I think it's something that you'll have to reckon with because as I mentioned off the top, this is something that Blue Jays players have already talked about, the rumblings that it might affect their ability to sign people this offseason, and that should apply to the Raptors as well. The Raptors, I think, are a better run organization than the Blue Jays. They're in a better position to win and be successful and have a long track record of helping guys reach their potential and all that stuff, and they have all that stuff still going for them. They still have Masai Ujiri going for them. They still have competitive basketball deep into the playoffs going for them, but they don't have the thing that I think a lot of these guys really value, which is just knowing where your shit's going to be, and that is a problem that 
may be addressed, but I think is going to be a thing that is talked about over the next few months here for sure as we get closer and we get a little bit more clarity on where the Raptors are going to play. And honestly, clarity is all the th- is the only thing the Raptors can hope for right now. Getting a plan in place ahead of time will certainly help. If they can get some sort of plan in place before free agency opens after the draft in about a month's time, that would be amazing and give players an idea. But if we're still in this situation now where it's just proposing cities and, oh, maybe it's this one, maybe it's this one, that I think could really be detrimental to the Raptors and their ability to sign free agents and convince them that Toronto's the place if all of the things are equal that players should want to be. Because, again, they won't even be in Toronto if that's the case. I think that's good for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this wasn't too much of a bummer episode. Um, but I promise you, Friday's Mailbag with Vivek and Katie will be not a bummer. It'll be very fun. So tune in for that. Looking forward to that one for sure. And uh, in the meantime, please find this podcast wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to it, rate it, review it if you can on your platform of choice. It is very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can listen to my other podcast, uh, Basketball, which will have a new episode up today as well. And uh, that'll do it. We'll talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.